In our ongoing efforts to educate and communicate, we feature our healthcare providers in conversation on Shepherd Center Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Secondary complications are a major health issue for people living with brain and spinal cord injury. My guest today is Dr. Angela Benninga. She's a staff physiatrist at Shepherd Center's Multi-Specialty Clinic and the director of Shepherd Center's Spinal Cord Injury Day Program. Welcome to the show, Dr. Benninga. Tell us what do you see as the most common secondary complications that happen with people post-discharge? It usually depends on what type of injury they've had, but a lot of times pain is probably the most common issue or complication we see, or at least the most common issue that a patient is coming to clinic and having uh, complaints about. So are these things that you would notice or are these things that a home caregiver would notice? Both, I guess, probably is the best way to answer that. Um, A lot of times either the patient will come in with those complaints or their caregiver is having difficulty managing the patient at home um, because of, you know, spasticity or pain. There's things that they're not able to do that they wish they could do more of or do better with um, because of some of these secondary complications. And sometimes it's things that just me having a conversation with the patient in clinic, um, being able to see that they're having pain or having difficulties with, and sometimes it's something I bring up and maybe they've just gotten used to it or didn't know to ask that question. So it can come or be brought up in clinic in a lot of different ways. And then how can you help them with these negative health outcomes that can occur as a direct result of a disability, then what can you tell them about dealing with some of these secondary complications? It really depends on what the complications are. If it's a skin issue, a lot of times it's going to take a while for that to heal. So there's certain medications, positioning, equipment, things like that that can help that skin heal better. Uh, Neuropathic pain can be helped with medications, um, different positioning, Uh, Urinary tract infections, we talk about different techniques to use to help to minimize um, the risk of an infection, things to do if they start to notice maybe that they're getting an infection, like increasing their fluid intake, uh, taking some over-the-counter medication, uh, different techniques they're using maybe when they're managing their bladder to help decrease those risks. Spasticity can be medications. It can be activity and stretching. It can also be position related. So usually we try to combat whatever complication they're having with multiple interventions. Some of those may be medication, but some of those may not be medications. Um, So we try to facilitate an improvement or healing of whatever complication it is by a couple of different avenues to help moderate that. Are there any ways to prevent some of these? Absolutely. Uh, Most of them have some element of prevention. So skin, uh, especially, if they're doing regular weight shifts and they're not um, putting themselves at risk to to develop skin breakdown, whether that's doing weight shifts in their wheelchair or being cognizant of bracing or positions they're in for periods of time, watching their skin uh, daily, making sure that they're doing a thorough examination of their skin every day or their caregivers are doing an examination of their skin every day, If they notice a red spot, you know, being able to make sure they're getting pressure off that spot before it actually turns into an area of skin breakdown. Because once the skin is broken down, it can take weeks to months and sometimes years for those to heal. So we definitely push the prevention when it comes to skin. 
respiratory is the same, you know, making sure that they're um, doing what they need to do to be able to utilize the maximum ability of their lung function to prevent um, infections or other potential complications. And I would say that, you know, spasticity, bladder infections, and neuropathic pain also have some element of prevention, whether it be stretching, exercise, you know, with the spasticity, using a good technique when they're managing their bladder to help decrease the risk of bacteria exposure and pain if there's things that they're doing that are triggering that pain, figuring out how to minimize those exposures or how to do things early on when they're experiencing pain so that the pain doesn't become unbearable or maybe get to a point where they need medications. One of the secondary complications could be depression. What do you tell family members of loved ones that might be suffering from depression post-discharge? It's very common for individuals who have had a catastrophic injury to have a period of what we call an adjustment disorder. So it's very normal for the first six months to have depressed mood, anger, um, all sorts of different uh, components, usually in a normal grieving process. Um, Those people are grieving a previous function level that they may not have anymore, and they may not be able to return to that functional level as they did before their injury. Um, so part of that is normal, um, and part of that is healthy. It's, it's normal and healthy to go through a grieving process. If that grief starts to limit a patient's ability to sleep or participate in activities or make progress with their therapy or anything, any of the goals that they're trying to achieve, then we start to worry a little bit more about depression and depressed mood. And at that point, you know, we'll start talking about ways to mitigate that, whether it be with medications or counseling. Um, We have peer support groups also that help patients kind of deal with that transition. Um, So part of it is being aware and letting the patient know that it's okay to be grieving um, what they're going through and that that's a normal part of that. But if it limits them in function and limit their ability to participate in their daily activities or their or their rehabilitation after their injury, then we tend to look a little bit more on what do we need to do as far as interventions to help them deal with that. And tell us about Shepherd Center's Spinal Cord Injury Day program. The day program is most commonly used for patients who are transitioning from inpatient back home. So uh, length of stays in hospitals is not surprising to anyone. Those are getting shorter and shorter. So patients are having to learn a lot of information, sort of how to relearn their activities of daily living, their their day-to-day activities um, while they're inpatient. And sometimes that process hasn't been, um, they haven't gotten to quite where where they want to be yet by the time they discharge from the hospital. And what the day program allows is, a place where they can go and continue an aggressive outpatient therapy program. So it's usually five to six hours of therapy every day, five days a week for anywhere from two weeks to six weeks um, to really continue to work on the patient gaining independence um, for dressing, bathing, transfers, all of their self-care so that by the time they do go home, they're more independent, they require less help from their caregivers, they're a bit, a bit, a bit more self-sufficient um, before they transition home. So it's just sort of a, it's a outpatient therapy, aggressive program that helps 
um, transition from inpatient to home. And sometimes our patients will go through that program once and then go home and continue to gain strength or maybe have some improvement in their neurologic status, and they'll come back and they'll continue to work on new goals that maybe they couldn't um, be working on the last time that they were in day program. So please just offer your best advice in these last few minutes for loved ones and people suffering spinal cord or brain injury and what you really want them to know about those secondary complications and dealing with them or possibly preventing them. I think at Shepherd we do a really good job of making sure that patients feel like they can get back to their life. It may be a little bit different than how they did things before, but our goal is really to transition patients back into work, going to school, having a great life again um, in maybe a different way than they're used to, but really to maintain that quality of life as best we can. So prevention's a, a big part of that. Um, you know, doing regular weight shifts to make sure they don't get pressure sores, uh, staying fit, uh, maintaining a healthy weight, getting exercise, maintaining their flexibility, and that helps with skin issues, that helps with spasticity. A lot of times that can help with pain. So really doing a lot of the things that we all able-bodied people have to do and eating right and getting exercise and taking care of our bodies is very important um, to help prevent a lot of these complications. And some of them are different than the able-bodied population, and some of them are exactly the same. Um, but making sure that patients understand that preventing a lot of these complications is probably the most important thing they can do because once you've developed them, like I said before, some can take weeks or months or even years to be able to heal whatever is going on, and that can sometimes be very limiting in what they're able to accomplish every day. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's great information, and you're listening to Shepherd Center Radio. For more information, you can go to shepherd.org. That's shepherd.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.